This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. It's a beautiful morning. Ah, yes, it is. A little warm, but beautiful. It's a beautiful morning right here on Deep South Dining. And today, my skillet buddy, Carol Puckett, is away, hopefully, doing something fabulous, but... In her place, we have a fabulous sit-in today, Enrica Williams. Chef Enrica Williams joins us. Welcome, Enrica. Hello, Malcolm. Thank you for having me. Hey, you're no stranger to this show. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad you're here, and we appreciate you uh, sitting in today. It's always good to catch up with you and find out what's going on in your uh, eclectic career. So if you would, for just for our listeners who may not have caught you on past shows, give us the brief Enrica Williams bio, <laughs> who you are, where the you brief. came from, who your people are. <laughs> so the brief uh, Enrica Williams uh, bio is um, I was actually, I am actually from West Point, Mississippi. I was born and raised there. Um, I... Um, like food. I grew up with food. I decided to go to culinary school a lot later um, in life. I was just kind of figuring out what I wanted to do and trying to um, put together the pieces of the things that made me happy. But food was always one of those things. So I went to culinary school and became a certified culinarian. Uh, That's actually what my degree is in. I never get to tell people that. So <laughs> it's a great uh, culinary flex to be able to say that. And um, I love food. I play with food for a living. I am chef owner of Fauna Food Works. And, um, and that was a concept in the food hall um, in Jackson, Mississippi. And we decided to go into another direction. And what I do now is it is an abstract concept. So we do things from pop-up dinners. Um, I still cater. I do personal dinners, consulting. I essentially, literally, absolutely play with food for a living. So anything that I get to put my hands on or to tell a story with food, I do that. And currently, um, you can find me out somewhere either eating, participating in <laughs> eating some food, preparing food, or appreciating food in the fine city of Jackson, Mississippi. Well, great. And again, welcome and thanks for uh, sitting in today. Now, the last time you were on the show, you talked to us a lot about the Magnolia Sunset Market, uh, the Footprints Farms. Uh, dinners that you were putting together. Are those still going on? And if so, update us. So the update is we actually had a market um, this past Saturday um, at out at Footprint Farms. Um, it's the venue for our market. And we had a really good, steady turnout uh, because we are understanding and we're very um, keenly aware about the situation with COVID. And so we wanted to be as responsible and as um, safe as possible. So we just had a small market this past Saturday and basically what it is, it is a curated experience. And so me being a creative along with my partner, um, my business partner, Tabi Moyo, and also um, our awesome brick and mortar person. And she'll, if she's listening, she knows what that means. <laughs> Janice Williams. Um, we just pull together um, things that people make beautifully. And um, it's always great to, like, showcase that and just also touch on the things that inspire us, which is music, um, just culture, and being able to create these um, pockets of economy that support and sustain creatives. And so it's just a fun space for us 
to be able to um, connect people and be inspired by the arts here in Jackson. You know, you and I have one thing in common uh, besides our love of food, and that is that I worked with Tavi when she, when I was uh, uh-huh. the tourism director. Yes. And she, I guess, still works in the film office. I don't she know. is. She's still at the film she office. She did a great job. Yes. I was always trying to promote her, and she was like, I don't want to be promoted. I want to work in film. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> so, as you know, um, August is National Catfish Month. Indeed. And we live in a land of the flatfish, the bottom dwellers, the catfish. <laughs> um, and so I wondered if you would share uh, with our listeners and with Java and I sort of a little bit about catfish and your favorite catfish recipes or some sort of catfish manifestation you've come across <laughs> in your culinary tenure. So absolutely, of course, I could not, you know, be a proud Westonian, West Pointian, West Pointian. I'm not even sure what. Well, that's the, the prairie, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. West Point's in the prairie. West Point, yes. Columbus and Aberdeen, Tupelo, the the Golden Triangle is up in that mm-hmm. area. Um, I grew up eating catfish. You know, as a kid, we would have like the nuggets, and um, uh, my mom is a really good cleaner. Of oh. catfish. She well, you is, need one of those in every family. Yes. I mean, like, she is so proficient in it. I remember as a kid, like, it was the thing of, like, scrubbing the the black stuff. I'm uh-huh. doing, like, air quote fingers. The black stuff also won't taste as muddy. Right. Because sometimes, right. you know, the, the worst thing you can do is to bite into a piece of catfish and it tastes like just mud. Pond bottom. Yeah. And so we don't want that. <laughs> so no one we, likes that. No, no one likes that. But I grew up just, you know, um... Catfish, I like it fried hard, like just for nostalgic purposes. Um, The one thing that I remember that kind of shifted my perspective on catfish is when I was working at a restaurant in Atlanta, and I was um, fresh out of culinary school, and, you know, the ubiquitous family meal is always like, the preparation of, um, you know, the up and comings. And so that gives them a chance mm-hmm. to kind of flex their skills and also just kind of give a nod to their own um, personality. So anyway, we had some catfish for whatever reason. This is a French restaurant, so I don't even understand how we had <laughs> catfish. But we had whole catfish, right? So one of the cooks, one of the line cooks, took the whole catfish, slid it. Slit. They shaved garlic, stuffed the shaved garlic in the slits. They coated the the entire fish in rice flour and corn starch. Wow! And they they seasoned it very lightly with salt and pepper, and they deep fried the entire thing. I'm talking from head to tail, and then they pulled it out and they served it with rice, and it was like this soy teriyaki ponzu dipping sauce on the side. Mm. And when you looked at it, it was just like this crispy fish. Whole fish. Whole fish. And people were trying to get, of course, next to the cheek and the tail. I was trying to get more towards the tail because, you know, that's the delicious, crunchy and the buttery part. But that just blew my mind in the sense of it was prepared so simply. Right. And it was just so complex. And I I was like, I've had whole fish before, but I'd never had it like that. So that sounds amazing. Yeah. Never seen it since. I I haven't seen it since. I have tried to replicate it in some way, not necessarily using a whole catfish, but I have not come close to the textural crispiness of it and then the buttery 
And mm. I don't know what the garlic added to it, but it did something because it didn't taste garlicky. Wow. So, but it was great. It was delicious. Well, one of my favorites, and I love catfish, and I eat it at least once a week. And I love to ask people mm-hmm. if they like whole filet or thin. So I'll start by asking you whole filet or thin. I like thin fillets if it's fried in cornmeal. Mm-hmm. If it's blackened or grilled, I like the uh, Simmons catfish has this cut. I think it's called delicata, delicata. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That because it's it's a nice, perfect cut. It's thick all the way through, but it's not like thin at the end and fat okay. in the middle. Like they cut this beautiful um, like fillet. A, like it, uh, it's it's a nice it's a nice shape and it's going to be uniform and tight. That's good for like blackening and for um, grilling. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like nuggets no i don't like them what about flap the little fins the the little belly the belly belly that's good to fry because they fry kind of crispy and they Mm -hmm. remind me sort of like cracklings because it's like um when fish is fried really good i think the little pieces that you have left is a determiner of how seasoned or how well seasoned it is and so it always like catches the seasoning and it's just like something to to chew on so, do you like the Middendorf's Thin down in Louisiana at Manchac? Do you know that? I do not. Okay, that's that super thin cut. No. Fried. You don't like that? No. <laughs> not fooling with it. No, because, so you know, like, you know, when you have, you know, when I say fried hard, mm-hmm. it's like, it's still buttery, it's still soft, but it's just something about the crust or the outside of it that when you put in your hot sauce or, you know those condiments on it it still holds up to the crispiness Mm -hmm. but it still gives way to the fish too like i just don't want it so thin like paper thin i'm I'm gonna say no to that so one of the most unusual and interesting and one of my favorite dishes i ever had was at a thai restaurant Mm -hmm. in covington louisiana Mm -hmm. now the original restaurant that i ate in was called b-a-a-n bond thai Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right across the street, it was a it was a brother sister rivalry. Right across the street, the brother opened his own place up called Tai Tai Ricky. But both of these establishments served this dish, and it was thin fried catfish uh, on a bed of sort of julienned vegetables: carrots, celery, some root, served with sticky white rice and. And all of it had a spicy Thai sauce over the top with peanuts. Mm-hmm. And man, is that good. And I've never seen it anywhere else but there. And I think it was just called spicy catfish. Wow. that Just the way that you describe that, it sounds like um, a lunch special that we did at Parlor Market ages ago where we took um it was actually redfish but we they fried the fish like super hard or mm-hmm. and um like a combination of like cornmeal and it was like cornstarch and i think a little bit of, of flour and then they tossed it in this sticky kind of like this chili sauce right but it also had um onions and bell peppers and it was just made into almost like a sandwich like a not a bond me per se but kind of like a po' boy because it still had like the shredded um, like cabbage and the thinnest mm. julienne onions and some more onions and bell peppers. And it was just, um, I like, I find that I like the sweet and tangy with catfish. Me too. Yeah. 
it, it, it's a good foil yeah. for that. Java, whole, fillet, or thin? You're not getting out of this. <laughs> oh wow, yeah. I thought I was going. I thought I was going to uh, make it <laughs> escape. Um, and I was. I was trying to think of a clever answer. Um, <laughs> I mean, hey, if, if to be honest, as long as it's good, <laughs> you know, I got a little dipping sauce. Now, one thing I will say, I guess that kind of makes me odd, especially like in my family, is I don't put hot sauce on my catfish. What about ketchup or tartar I don't, sauce? See, Enrique is looking at me funny because I yeah. don't. I'm not a hot sauce person. <laughs> no condiments? Um, I'll, I'll put some, um, I do a little ketchup, um... Uh, I do like my catfish soft though. I'll say that. Soft. Like you, y'all keep saying fried hard. Uh-uh. I I like Crunchy. it. Fr- I like it fried with the just the. I guess the light. I guess you say light a light batter. You know. Enrique's just shaking her head <laughs> now. She's covered her eyes. I'm she, sorry. She's embarrassed. I'm shocked. I don't keep the I'm, hot sauce in my bag. I'm sorry. It, you know, but it's it's okay. We we like what we like how we like. So I'm 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 not yuck, I'm not yucking your yum. So. <laughs> I like that. I like that. All right. Well, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We will uh, continue our conversation with Chef Enrique Williams, who is substituting for Carol this morning. We will continue to talk about catfish and any other sorts of. Uh, things that you'd like to address, particularly sides. Well, also, when we come back, we'll talk about Ed Scott, the man who broke the color barrier in the catfish industry in Mississippi. So stay tuned. Enrica and I will be right back. Grits ain't grocery, eggs ain't poultry, and Mona Lisa was a man. Think about that. Welcome back to Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Malcolm White with a special guest host today, Enrica Williams. Welcome back, Enrica. Thank you back. Having fun? I am. It's always a good time here. Good. Well, before we take uh, some calls here, we've got a few people calling in, and we appreciate that. I want to mention that if you want to know the full history of the catfish industry in Mississippi, which is monumental, And it is one of our leading farm industries, and we are grateful for that. But you should know the name of Ed Scott. Born in 1922, son of a sharecropper, Ed became famous for the first non-white owner and operator of a catfish plant in 1983. Uh, An entire book has been written about Ed and his family and his breaking the color barrier by our good friend Julian Rankin, who is the director of the Walter Anderson Museum in Ocean Springs, and he's also uh, quite a a talented young man, and he wrote this book entitled Catfish Dreams, and it tells the story of Ed Scott and his struggles and his triumphs. Uh, I think Julian was our guest in uh, 2018 here on the show, and on the podcast, if you want to hear more, you can go check that out. But meanwhile, back at the ranch, let's go to the phones. We're going to start out with our good buddy up in Oxford, North Mississippi, Chico Harris. Hello, Chico, what it is. Hey, good morning, y'all. I wanted to tell you about a conversation that I had about catfish with a fellow up in New York City a few days ago. But first, I wanted to ask your special guest host, uh, and this may have already been addressed. I couldn't hear the show through the telephone. But... I know that you, in the real world, you prefer whole catfish to fillets. Not not being a tourist in Mississippi, but when you when when you get that whole catfish and it has that wonderful, crispy fried tail, do you eat it? Absolutely. 
Oh yes, yes, my kind of woman. That's that's what's going on right there. See, you you missed earlier in the show yes. where she talked about she goes straight to the tail first. Yes, the tail. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. I did miss that. <laughs> right on. Well, we we need more Mississippians like you said. <laughs> but let me tell you, I was talking about catfish. Uh, I was speaking with a fellow up in New York who wants to come to Mississippi to do a food tour, and he told me that he wanted me to take him to eat catfish and. And he asked me, where will we go? And without hesitation, I told him, Taylor Grocery. Uh, it, to me, it's the Mecca. I've been eating there going on about 40 years. And it's, it's just wonderful, wonderful catfish. And the sides, I always get okra there. And somebody said, well, they probably get it from Cisco. And that's fine. You know, I like Cisco Houston, too. What I know is that the okra at Taylor Grocery is out of this world wonderful. And I've never had any side there, from the hush puppies to the french fries or anything. Everything at Taylor Grocery is, is wonderful. And I, I agree. I agree. I my, love my Taylor. He asked me, he asked me, he said, well, and I know him through Springsteen. And he said, uh, well, suppose Bruce was going to come down to Mississippi to eat catfish is Taylor Grocery where you would take him? And I said no. Even though Taylor often has someone like Carrie Hudson or Jimbo Mathis playing and the food is top notch, you know there'd be people wanting autographs, wanting to know if he was really born in the USA, all that kind of stuff. So what I would do is I'd take him to Takapola Grocery for catfish. Ah, the, the little trailer in Takapola. Oh man, it's 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 the best. They had that real thick whole catfish, and they have the general sides too. But they also have a tiger sauce. Ooh, it's like sort of like a spicy Thousand Island. And uh, also at Taylor, I mean at Takapola Grocery, they have people like Shane Brown, Larry's son. Yep, they have him up there on the guitar singing and playing songs that he wrote. There you go. So I think that Original would be the place to take Bruce. Good choice. Chico, thanks a lot for calling in, man. We appreciate your interest in the show and that you're always tuned in, dialed in, and offering up some some great environmentals from up in the north part of the state. Next up. I appreciate y'all. Thanks. Yes, sir. Next up, Stafford Sheridan is here, man. He's our expert on food at the service station. What's going on, brother? So, you know, your your last guest talked about Takapola. And me and Wright Thompson did a review out there. It's a great place, great people out there at Takapola Grocery. That is a gas station, by the way. Oh, that's right. It is. I yeah. uh, forgot about that. There you yep. go. You would know that. I, I should know that. I, don't know if I know everything. There is, you know, there's a lot of gas stations in the South, I'll tell you what. I have barely, you know, we've, we've filmed 99 episodes. I've not filmed my 100th yet. I've put out, I think, mm. 96 are actually hit. And, uh, I've been, there's not as much good catfish at gas stations as I would have thought. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you, the store in South Hill, Mississippi, actually wow. went there to get fried chicken. And when I get there, I couldn't get in the parking lot. Mm. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? And somebody looked at me like I was an idiot and said, uh, duh, it's Fish Friday. So there you go. I immediately changed what I was going to get and got <laughs> the fish. And that is some of the best, Just it's just fried fillets. With the crinkle cut fries, which I think go so well with fried catfish, you know, you don't want to church that thing up too much. Mm -hmm. And really good homemade hush puppies. It was it was a really good meal at Saltillo. I mean, the store is the name of it. No joke. It's not the store. It's the store. The store at Saltillo. 
in South Dallas. That's right. a good one. Okay, Stafford, whole, filet, or thin? Man, you know, there's more flavor to the whole for sure. I like the filet on the on the po' boy. Mm-hmm. And so I love a I love a catfish po' boy. And I tell you a good one, by the way, is Seafood Express and Meridian. All right. And that's a family that acts as Vietnamese family, and they own shrimp boats in New Orleans. So all their seafood is good, but their catfish po' boys really good. All their po' boys are good, but no, no, we're talking catfish. And that's an awful good one. They do a good job there. Hmm. I do like the thin and crispy, though. Yeah, yeah. I like it like all. Every, every now and then, I, they, you know, literally when, when we buy that sometimes for our restaurant, it's called a Middendorf cut. Mm. There you go. Mm-hmm. I mean, it literally says that on the order guide, Middendorf cut. Well, they wrote the book, and Middendorf, you know, is is down at uh, Pass Manshack on I-55 South. When you get up on the high rise headed into New Orleans, uh, you leave the earth in Ponchatoula, and you ride on the high rise all the way into the, the city under the uh, under the seawall. But... Uh, Middendorf was a German family <clears throat> who opened up this little small restaurant there on the on Pass Manchac and started buying these big fish off of these catfish uh, fishermen and then filleting it into small, tiny fillets and frying it up crisp, and it became a thing, as you know. And it's still and a thing. I do like the hot sauce, by the way. I like hot sauce with mine. Yeah, me too. Well, most yeah, people I, do. Cr- crystals. I love crystals hot sauce. <laughs> I can live in Louisiana if you've got it, but I like the crystals hot sauce on the on the on either on any of it. Same here. Now, Enrica, hot sauce. You got a favorite? Oh, oh, absolutely, Louisiana. Okay, Louisiana They're hot sauce. Summer. Summer. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> maybe um, the the crystal is good, and um, Frank's in that order. I don't put Tabasco on hot on on fried food. Tabasco mm. is me either. I agree totally. Like oysters, like raw oysters or raw seafood mm-hmm. or something like that, like for the vinegary. But, yeah, Louisiana is the, the top for me. I was in New Iberia recently and <clears throat> visited the Tabasco uh, Empire down at Avery Island, and it was mm-hmm. very educational. You know, there's the, the growing, the harvesting, the the mashing, the aging. They age it in oak barrels. It's very sophisticated. They had a family uh blend that was sort of a specialty that had been aged for eight years and i've never been a big tabasco person Mm -hmm. but i bought that one they had a test a a tasting setup and i bought that one and i've been really enjoying using uh the family reserve they call it uh which is not sold in grocery stores but it's a a really interesting but i have long been a crystal uh fan and and louisiana is also made uh in new iberia as is cajun chef all mm-hmm, three of those mm-hmm, are located mm-hmm. there in that one part of the world anyway thanks for calling brother we appreciate it absolutely uh keep once again before you go tell our listeners where they can find your your videos and your website and all of the work that you're doing so literally you can type stafford Sheridan into google and you're going to find my videos they're on youtube instagram uh, just Facebook everywhere. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm all. I'm a. People are going to get tired of me because I'm all over the place lately. So and more. And I got big news coming. So I'll. I'll try oh to boy. call in when oh that boy. comes along. So maybe able to find me somewhere else soon. So that's going to be exciting. Okay, restaurant tour, gas station, um, 
uh, bon vivant, yes, uh, farmer, I like that. I like that. farmer, mm-hmm. uh, and regular guest on Deep South Dining. Thanks a lot. Put struggling in front of the farmer park. Str- struggling <laughs> farmer. Okay. All right. We'll do. Thanks again. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. But before we go on break, I wanted to point out a few of the catfish facts that we Googled and came up with. Mississippi still ranks number one in the U.S. in catfish production. Let us not forget that. There are over 150 catfish operations in our state. And Mississippi accounts for 55% of the nation's farm-raised catfish. And that's a lot. And is your favorite Simmons in Yazoo City? Or do you I like I like I like I like um local farm raised. So Simmons is is running the top, especially if I'm doing a special event and I really want to flex and if I'm going out of town, like I went to the Beard House and I mm-hmm. did fish and grits and I had Simmons catfish shipped to the Beard House. I did not want to try to procure catfish no. in New York City. I'm sorry if anybody from New York City is listening and heard the shade in that because it was absolutely there. I could not be a Mississippian and bring and not have our catfish for dinner. So now I have heard talk that some places in America (laughs) substitute tilapia for catfish. What what on earth is that about? A nightmare. That's what it is. It's a nightmare. So I'll tell you I'll tell you a bit about the nightmare that was my experience. Uh so I withheld the withhold the name super take Oh, don't worry. Okay. I, I, I withheld the names once I found it out and I did not return. Um, <laughs> I was in culinary school in Atlanta, uh early part of the the two thousands, right? So I was feeling a little homesick, a little nostalgic, and I wanted some catfish. And so some friends um, from school were like, hey, let's go get something to eat. And anyway, long story short, we went to an establishment that said that they had like mac and cheese and greens and all of those homey southern, you know, soulful things there, right? And so they said they had catfish. So I'm like, dope, you have catfish. So we get the catfish. And if you are a connoisseur of fish, you know texture, you know look and smell and all these things. And lo and behold, they tried to pass tilapia off Mm. as catfish and still charged catfish prices. I was outdone and I was so disgusted (laughs) with the audacity of that that I, to this day, do not buy catfish in Atlanta. I'm not sorry for that because it still goes on <laughs> quite a lot. But yeah, it was just the, mm. it was just mind-blowing to me. I don't like tilapia anyway. Right. I call it ditch fish. That's a great name for it. I like that. <laughs> or is it frankenfish? Frankenfish or mm-hmm. trash fish. <clears throat> and then there's the Vietnamese catfish. Sway. 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 How sway? No sway. It is awful. I don't like it. It's not just because I don't like it. I'm sorry. I'm getting so animated about it. It's good, but it. I just. It is just no. Say no to sway. Yes, especially when you have the choices here. Yes, when you have, absolutely. When you there have, is no yeah. choice when you have catfish. Right, the mother fish, the yeah. mother load. Why would you want some mm. Vienna sausage fish <laughs> when you got spam fish here?
I was in Pensacola one time with a buddy of mine. He said, I'm going to take you to a local place out on the beach. And it's an outdoor place. It's it's a great, it's locally known for their seafood. And we went and uh, I ordered uh, a fish taco or a fish a sandwich po' boy or something. And, and I got it and, and I didn't particularly like it. And so I asked the, the waiter, I was like, what kind of fish is this? I was mm-hmm. thinking redfish or snapper mm-hmm. or triggerfish or something local, uh, amberjack. Yeah. And he said, oh, it's a local fish known as sway. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> and then there's that. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. We'll continue making fun of sway and and tilapia and all these other Inferior fishes uh, to the the great Mississippi American catfish. We'd love to hear from you if you want to give us a call, 1-877-672-7464. Or if you're not interested in being live on the radio, you can shoot us an email at food at mpbonline.org, and we'd love to respond to your outreach. Enrique and I will be right back. Welcome back to Deep South Dining. Malcolm White with Enrico Williams today. Carol is away. We love you, Carol. We will see you next week. Hope that whatever you're doing is working out well for you. Before we go to the phone, uh, which we will do, we have a couple of callers here, and we appreciate you listening and always appreciate uh, you calling and sharing with us. We also today are asking the existential question of regarding catfish, whole filet or thin? So think about that. Mike from Tupelo is on the phone. Hey, Mike, thanks for listening. How's it going? Hello, Mike. Hello, hello. How are you today? Really well. Hello. Yourself? I'm fine. Sorry about a bad phone connection. Uh, we're on AT&T's landline here. <laughs> well, we'll make fun of them, too. Okay. I'm, I'm calling in defense of tilapia. Go ahead on. As a recovering fish farmer from a previous century who raised a lot of catfish and a lot of tilapia, it really comes down to the individual farms. We've all had off-flavor catfish, although they've gotten a lot better at that. But a good piece of tilapia is just about as good as it can get. Now, when they advertise something as one thing and serve another, that that's that's just wrong. That's a sin there. So, mm-hmm. um, so do tilapia. many Mississippi pond-raised <laughs> farmers raise tilapia? No. They can't, tilapia can't stand the cold weather. It's a tropical fish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the primary production now is, uh, if you go to the grocery store, there's some Honduras product, there's mm-hmm. Costa Rican product. I had some from uh, Peru that came from Whole Foods last week, very good. And there is, of course, Vietnamese and Chinese. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's just kind of one of those things, if you find a good source and can stick with it, that's probably going to be your best bet. Well, Mike, we appreciate you calling in, sharing your opinion. But before you go, I do have a question for you. Whole, filet, or thin? Well, i got to say, I am a Mittendorf man. (laughs) And a quick quick story there, again, in a previous century on a business trip, I had to stop and make a phone call at a phone booth that that required a quarter. And we were on 55 and got to Manchac, got off the highway, because I had to do this before the end of business, and 
well, there was a restaurant there because I didn't have a quarter. I had to go inside, and there was a nicely dressed man, and he gave me a quarter. And I went back out and made my call and took my wife inside, and that was the beginning of our Mittendorf's uh, fascination because there we were. And the oyster stew is the one I like. Mm. I love their oyster stew. Mm. <clears throat> anyway, great show today. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Mike. Thank you so much. appreciate you calling. Uh, we always appreciate our listeners calling in. So uh, let's talk about ways to prepare. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's deep-fried, pan, panade, grilled, baked, blackened. Do you participate in many of those, mm-hmm. uh, Enrica, different styles yes. of preparation? Yes. I, I, I enjoy all of the ways to prepare it. I've had it um, as a pate um, yep. smoked. Um, I've had it smoked before. Um, like they would treat it like, um, you know, a salmon or, you know, trout and have it flaked or either they'll make it into a pate. Um I particularly like blackened catfish. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of times you use like redfish or a red snapper for the blackening, but um, I just actually, I think we had some uh, Sunday. My mom, again, the the champ, you know, she blackened some. The fishmonger. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, blackened some catfish, and then she finished it with um, lemon juice, and it's, it's just really, it really absorbs and complements the flavors of the blackening season. Um, let's talk a little bit about texture. Mm-hmm. Uh, the catfish has a particular texture that lends itself to various uh, preparations. Mm-hmm. Of course, redfish has a texture. Mm-hmm. You know, saltwater fishes have one texture, fresh. Trout is, I call it weak. I don't know if that's the right term. You're a culinarian. If you call that where they, it sort of breaks up. Uh-huh. As opposed to that really tight, yeah. like snapper, mm-hmm. lemon fish is almost like a steak. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about fish texture. Mm. I like, I think that's part of the reason or the main reason why I like and adore catfish so much. And you can do so many things with it because it's like, um, it's, I hope none of my instructors are listening. <laughs> it's sturdy enough to withstand all kinds of seasonings and preparations and it doesn't um, dry out um, like if you overcook it or you do too much. You can always kind of redeem catfish mm. in some way, even when you're frying it really hard. Um, I always remember from school, like there were like the fatty fishes, uh, like um, tuna, um, salmon, like mm-hmm. it's very oily. <clears throat> right. And so, um, and then you had like the white, the white flesh fish it was flounder, halibut, sole, sole cod, and things mm-hmm. like that. And to, to me, catfish has just always just been like a really good canvas to do a lot of things with. Right. Um, it, it's and then the flavor of it too is just like that that subtle dirt flavor <laughs> that I enjoy umami, if you know, if you like to call it that, in the, in reference to uh, the flavor profile. Um, I just, I think it's, it, but you know, the the close runner up for me besides catfish is um, whiting or pan trout, which like I, that's that just reminds me so much of my childhood, and and any time we would have any kind of event, those two would be close running as far as fish that we would have. And and the whiting prepared the way that you are presenting it yeah. is often referred to as pan trout is yeah. that right? and that's a yeah. sort of a code name or a nickname uh-huh. is that mm-hmm. right it is i i grew up you know just 
calling that fish the same like my mom's like it's it's the same thing i was like oh i thought it was two different mm -hmm. you know types of fish but um and I, how do you cook pan trout i have always fried it cornmeal you know very simply and again fried hard white bread hot sauce in a brown paper bag the end whole um, they usually cut it like there's no head, but they'll slice it sometimes where where it's like the fins and the tails can be attached to it sometimes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's not. I think the deeper you go out in the country, as they say, or when I go home, when I go to get, you know, whiting or pan trout, it's going to have a tail on it. And, and some okay bones? And a few bones. Yeah. If you're not, you, and I, I, you know, I think that's why they put the white bread in there to keep you from like right. choking to choking. death on the <laughs> <laughs> no, no one wants to choke on a no, fish bone. No, but yeah, I, it's it's just those are just things for me. Those are just like such um, substantial reminders of Mississippi, and I'm like really particular with that. Have you ever had poached catfish? I have not. Well, <clears throat> the late great Lillian McMurray, who ran and operated Trumpet Records down mm -hmm. on Ferry Street, gave me a recipe one time for poached catfish, and the way she did it was she prepared a liquid of kubion, mm -hmm. you know, spicy, mm -hmm. like you would boil crabs or shrimp sure. in, right? So she creates this kubion mm -hmm. and cuts the catfish into small uh, fillets uh, and then just drops them in the boiling kubion on a strainer uh -huh. and just leaves them in there for a few minutes and pulls them straight out, puts them aside, lets them cool. And the catfish absorbs this this spicy mm -hmm. uh, kubion boiling sauce. And it was really interesting. It goes great on all sorts of dishes, whether it's a salad or just, uh, you know, served as an entree. That sounds delicious. Or an appetizer. Yeah. With a, like, a, like a horseradish cream, cream sauce. sauce. Mm -hmm. Okay. That sounds really good. It sounds uh, retro, too. Yeah, it is very retro. I, I like that poached catfish. You have to try it sometime. Okay. And then for those who live in North Mississippi and, and Tennessee, the Catfish Hotel up uh, on Pickwick Lake is legendary. Have you ever been not. to the old Catfish Hotel? I have not. Okay, put it on your list. It used to be an old wooden hotel where they serve catfish, but it burned down, and now it's just a restaurant. It's right on the Tennessee River mm -hmm. uh, up by Shiloh, and it's uh, really renowned uh, for that part of the world for a fried catfish. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about sides. <laughs> let's just assume we're going to fry our catfish. Let's talk about sides yeah. uh, from Enrica Williams' uh, viewpoint. Could not... Could not, and I know I, there's an ongoing uh, debate with some of my fellow colleagues and myself about if if spaghetti is a side <laughs> or a main. <laughs> and I'm looking over at Java because with catfish it's a side. Correct. There you go. Yes. There you go. Catfish and spaghetti. It's a traditional oh, side with absolutely. catfish. Absolutely. And I was, yes. I, okay. You, you redeemed yourself on the no hot sauce, Java. <laughs> I don't like hot stuff. I'm sorry. It's, it's okay. But like, you know, I'm, I'm learning tonight. We'll get yeah. you in therapy. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> but yeah, I love like just for me with, with catfish, I love spaghetti. Mm -hmm. um, and typically it's just like a simple green salad with that. And, you know, to be country, country with it, some cornbread, you know, like spaghetti and fish and cornbread. And no hush puppies. No, you know, when we do hush puppies, it's going to be like um, fries, um, 
again a green salad and maybe like some whole like uh, corn on the cob. But the hush puppies is usually with fries, like fries and fried fish. And That's just how I've grown up mm-hmm. eating it, or, or I associate it together. I like coleslaw too. I was about coleslaw. to say, now you hadn't mentioned I like coleslaw. Good coleslaw. Because I like a little more tang than sweet. What's a bad coleslaw? Um, Bunch of cabbage with mayonnaise. (laughs) There you go. And sweet chopped up with sugar in it. That's a bad coleslaw. There you go. There you go. Now, a good one? Go ahead. Onions, thinly shaved uh, peppers, yellow, green, red, uh, some dill. That's fancy. For me. For me. That's a fancy Uh, one. That's a coleslaw. Little capers. See, that's fancy. Let it go. Yeah. What about you? Um, you know, little little red cabbage, little carrots. Love um, carrots. Yeah, like a little pinch of you know sugar, some vinegar, a little mayo, actually, and a little bit of yellow mustard for again. Like I just remember my grandmother and my mom again making these things, and it's like I don't see the yellow in the mustard from the mustard in the coleslaw, mm. but they would put just like just the lightest hint of it, and fresh. I don't like soggy. No. Or discolored coleslaw. Or I don't like it too wet. Yes. Yes. I do not want Correct. my <clears throat> coleslaw dripping wet. You don't want your coleslaw want slawing all over no, the place. No, no, Yeah, I agree. Tartar sauce. Ketchup. <laughs> Ketchup. I, am a, <laughs> I love tartar sauce. I love tartar sauce, but I like it with fish and chips. Okay. Well, that's I, like thin. That's like thin. Yeah. With French fries and coleslaw. Yeah, yeah. It's very I, English. It is. It is because I like the malt vinegar <clears throat> when I, you know, when I'm having tartar sauce. It's a certain fish, but for for catfish, it's typically hot sauce and ketchup. Even if I'm gonna have spaghetti, even if there's something else, I I think I don't know if that's just reflex. And just muscle memory of eating it like that, or if it is, I don't know. Um, funny thing that I have experienced is people eating fish with mustard and raw onions and pickles. Oh, I love pickles. Well, um, I like raw onions as well. I've, with I've, catfish. Yeah, I've, um, when I was in Atlanta, and the first time I'd heard of people coating fish with mustard and then they would dredge it in the cornmeal and then they would fry it in that way but some people actually do that and then they will eat their fish with mustard as well and that was strange hmm. to me but I tried the dredging of it and it is good it is it's delicious another side that I like with catfish mm. are these pickled onions or these yeah uh, you know onions that have been put in some sort of vinegar mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. salt and pepper and just mm-hmm. but still crunchy Got a caller here. We got a few minutes. Yeah, we're gonna get this caller. But I, Erica, I've you've talked about your mom and your grandma's cooking. You know, a couple times during the show. I, I just have to ask this question. Yeah. Especially when you first came out of culinary school and you were a culinarian. Uh huh. Was there anything that you kind of I don't want to say bucked on your mom's cooking or something like? Was it something, something where it's like, well. They didn't teach us that in school. And, yes. And your mom was like, yes. but this is how I do it. Yes. You know. Yes. <laughs> Tell me about that. Knife skills. Mm. My mama still cuts. Love you, mama. <laughs> she, she cuts things up in her hand. She'll hold it. And then she uses a knife. She's an OG with it, though. She's not hacked anything off that I know of. 
Um, and it just, I was like, you know, I have a knife for that. No, I'm fine. This is my knife. And it's like a little, like a little sharp steak knife that she cuts her little potatoes and onions and things like that mm. up. Um, that was, that was the, that was the, that was the biggest thing for me. It was the buck of look at me and I can cut more efficiently. She's like, yeah, but this is the way <laughs> that I'm going to, this it. is the way I do it. And I just learned real fast to like, let that be like, okay. okay. <laughs> so, you know, I'm still here to tell the, tell the tale. So, you know, I, I knew to step back. And yeah. say, yes, ma'am. Stay, uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> All right, we got Fletcher on the phone from Jackson. Hey, Fletcher, what's up? Okay. Good, morning. good morning. Hi, y'all. Hello. We're good. Yes. Good deal. So I know traditions maybe vary by zip code and by month. And my perspective is the Indianola area, late 70s, early 80s, catfish, hush puppies, and some sloth. Mm-hmm. Where in the world is tradition of spaghetti with catfish? So, a good question, and Enrique's going to tell you. That's a great, great question. So, um, I'm from West Point, Mississippi. Um, I think um, it stems from cult. It's it's also a cultural thing. Um, Lots of times, um, black people, African Americans, um, would have parties and they would have celebrations, and that was a way to incorporate um, dishes that is just always um, it's a pairing. Um, I went to Italy a while ago, about 10 years ago, and I saw the way that they coursed things out. And so when you have pasta, they would have the spaghetti covered in the sauce, but you would have like either pork or chicken, excuse me, or either some roast fish as a, a course before it. So, but for me, the spaghetti and fish, it is a definite cultural um, representation. And what would also happen is when, when during the, um, there is a segment of history called the Great Migration, when black people moved to um, north in the Midwest, and so they would become homesick for foods that they would have in Mississippi and in Alabama. And so they would create these parties and they would have these little shops that would create, they would have fried fish. You would get some bread or cornbread and some, a side of spaghetti. The spaghetti can either have meat in it or it could have like meat and sausage. Very rarely is it just tomato sauce and spaghetti. So it's, it's more of a, a cultural nod for me, I believe, sure. you so know, kind of um, pasta and, um, Almost like a, a church picnic. You've got the pre pre made like casseroles, but you've yes. got some hot, yes. hot right out of the fryer. Yes, yeah, yeah. And exactly. Fletcher, the first time I encountered catfish and spaghetti was when I uh, back in the early eighties. I bought part of Walker's Drive-In before it was the Walker's Drive-In of, of Derek Emerson, and uh, the restaurant cafe came with two African American cooks, two ladies who were fabulous cooks Mm -hmm. and we had catfish on they had traditionally had catfish on friday and so we continued that and it came with a side of spaghetti and it became one of our most popular dishes Mm -hmm. and i'd never Mm -hmm. mixed the two or Mm -hmm. had the two on the same plate so i learned a lot right then and there awesome live and learn and try (laughs) man we appreciate you listening and we absolutely we appreciate your call and uh and supporting us all right, Enrique, we've got a few more minutes left here. Talk to us uh, a little bit about what you're doing, what's next, what your projects are, where we can find you. Um, well, uh, 
there are a few projects pending um, that we're working on um, with Fauna Food Works. Uh, there is the other part of the Fertile Ground Project is um, completing um, the other segments that were postponed due to COVID. Right. And I was um, commissioned to do a, a dinner um, with the Fertile Ground Project documentary and that was the the money that came uh to, from the bloomberg from the bloomberg yes. grant the big million dollar bloomberg Correct. grant right. that came to jackson yes mm-hmm. yes and so um so i'm currently working on um formatting a dinner for that i'm excited about that and of course uh, magnolia sunset market um is the third saturday of um each month um we are working on a few cool things for that and then i too have um, two more pop-ups that I'm scheduled, well, dinners, dinner series that I have for the rest of the year. And uh, myself, as well as um, two other chefs, um, Johnny T's Bistro and Mm -hmm. Eddie Wright's Barbecue, and myself will be attending the Atlanta Food and Wine Festival. Oh, great. um, Representing Jackson. And um, so I'm excited about that. You're going back to the culinary school. I'm going back. (laughs) Show them what you learned. Yeah, and show them, yeah. So that's what, that's what I have that's going great. on. One, right before you go, give us some sugar and salt substitutes. I meant to get to this early. Oh, yeah. We had a caller a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so for sugar, um, there's coconut sugar, um, agave nectar, um, honey, um, using um, turbinado sugar instead of the, mm-hmm. the bleach stuff. And then as far as for salts, I love to use citrus, the right. zest and the juice. And then also using Parmesan rinds. You talked about the Parmesan yeah, rinds. Yeah, like if you're making a sauce or you're just steeping it because the rind of the cheese is really salty. Hmm. Yeah. That's great. Enrica Williams, we sure do appreciate you being with this us today. Fun. Thank and you we'll, so much. And we will sure have you back. Thank you. Deep South Dining is a production of MPB Public Broadcasting Think Radio. We're funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Thank you. Our show is produced by Java Chapman. 